0: How's everybody today? Can I just say I'm a blessed man? <laughs> is that okay? Uh, we've been uh, moving this week because we got blessed with a home. We bought a home. And so, and, um, and I just, I would just want to say, I know that, you know, you have good seasons and you have bad. Uh, you go through uh, great times where it feels like everything is going your way. And then you go through times where it seems like everything's just falling apart. Anybody ever been there? Yep. And I just want to say that after looking over the years of my life, 39 short years of my life, that God has always seen fit to bless in every situation. Even when you felt like that maybe you didn't have everything you wanted, cause really God really didn't say, I'm going to give you everything you want, but he said, I'll always give you what you need. You'll always, every need will be supplied in the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, so many things happen in your life. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And I'm telling you today that He is Lord in every situation, in every circumstance. And so that's why I can stand here today and say I'm blessed. Not just because I have a new house and that my family's actually got a house to live in and, and well, we've been living in a house, but, you know, one that you call your own. But, uh, But, yeah, not just because of that, but Jesus is Lord in every situation and circumstance. So why don't you just close your eyes and let's just pray and invite his presence into this place and just think about the name of Jesus and what he has done for you. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for the grace that you've shown us. God, I thank you that that I am blessed. As your scripture says, God, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm blessed, I'm not cursed. And God, it's because of you, it's because of the price that you paid to redeem me from a life of sin that I may stand on a solid rock, on a firm foundation in you. And God, I just thank you and praise you. And so today I just say thank you for blessing me thank you for loving me. Without you I don't know where I would be. And when I say the name of Jesus I just think that there's something about that name. Why don't you just begin to whisper the name of Jesus all over this place. Jesus. Jesus. There's something about that name.
1: Jesus. Jesus G- things. The name of Jesus is higher above all things. The name of Jesus is bigger. The name of Jesus is bigger. It has power. The name of Jesus has power. The name of Jesus is higher. The darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope. You have covered all my sin. You are peace, you are peace. my heart will sing no other name jesus jesus
0: name of Jesus. The name of Jesus brings healing. It brings freedom. It brings strength. It brings order back into chaos. I don't know if you remember this song. I'm kind of throwing an audible in here. I hope that's okay. There's an old song um, that's actually old now, but um, but it kind of goes like this. I'm talking about the name of Jesus and kind of what it's like. If you remember it, singing along with me. Your name is
1: like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to me. the name of Jesus, risen and exalted one, risen. And
2: You bow your heads with me this morning, Lord. We just want you to know that with all that's going on around us, with all that is on the television and the media and the feeling that's in the air, uh, the hour in which we live, we want you to know that we do not trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in the name of our God. We lift up our eyes into the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help always has and always will come from the Lord. We bless your great name today. We want you to know we're not a pitiful people. We're a powerful people because our God reigns and our God rules. We honor you and we bless you this morning, God. We long to hear from you. Give us a word this morning that will... Uh, be knit to the fabric of our soul that we might be encouraged and strengthened thereby. May our praise have reached your ears and knowing that we meant what we sang and we meant what we say and we love you today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Guys, I too want to pull an audible if it's okay with you. I'm I'm ready to preach right now. Is that okay? So, guys, y'all can go on down. I'm ready to go, so... We'll do announcements at the end. Don't you just love our worship team and our worship pastor? Would you honor them this morning? church family, this is rare for me what I'm about to do, and I I don't want to over-spiritualize it. I know there's some local churches where if the pastor um, doesn't preach or if the pastor doesn't use his notes, they say that's the best of days. Most of the time, uh, I wonder if he was prepared. (laughs) That's just me. I wonder if there was something up there, and I have prepared, and I had the Uh, message that would follow in our series and I was intending on talking to you about how God sees persecution. But I just felt something in my spirit and I want to give you the last 5%. I don't have any notes and I don't have an old sermon in my mind. You know preachers log old sermons and they're way back here and they can push a button and you know put a quarter in us. We can preach. (laughs) Just go. But I don't have one of those. I just have one idea and I just pray that the Lord will Use this morning to encourage you and um, I would rather hear that on time word than even what I labored over and prayed over. So you can be seated. I just want to read this chapter to you um, out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. There were three armies, Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. Then some came and told the king and said this, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms and nations? Say all. All All the kingdom and nations. And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster ever comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear us, and you will save us. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. And here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them for we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You ever felt that way in this hour? No, we seemingly have no power against the great tide uh, that's coming against the church and against the world. We're not sure what to do, how, light to, how bright to let our light shine, when to say what to say. So we're not sure exactly what all to do, but this we know our eyes are upon you. Now, all of Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, because the battle is not your battle. This battle belongs to God. "'Tomorrow, go down against them. "'They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, "'and you will find them at the end of the brook "'before the wilderness of Jeruel. "'You will not need to fight in this battle. "'Position yourselves. "'Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord "'who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. "'Do not fear or be dismayed. "'Tomorrow, go out against them, "'for the Lord is with you.' "'And Jehoshaphat bowed his head "'with his face to the ground, "'and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem "'bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord.' Then the Levites, of the children of the Kohathites, and the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. And they rose up early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. When he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, God set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the people of Mount Seir. So they got confused, and all three armies turned upon one another. And they utterly killed and destroyed themselves. And when they "...made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they destroyed one another until no one was left. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen all over the earth. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And it took them three days... To Gather the spoil. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barakak, and they blessed the Lord. And therefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Barakak until this, till this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in front of them. And they went back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. We are not only living in a uh, pivotal day, a critical day, a culmination of the prophecies that have gone before us for thousands of years. It is your pastor's earnest conviction that the coming of the Lord is imminent and immediate. There's a balance for the believer that we are to live and work as if it were all up to us. And to trust and rest as if it were all up to God. You can't watch the news more than 90 seconds without feeling this black cloud settle in over you. Uh, There is no stability anywhere. There's no security anywhere. There is no stable government, nation, people, or purpose. The most veteran institutions are merely fronts of buildings like old Hollywood TV sets and if you look behind them there's nothing there. A nation can be disposed of in a minute. The Bible speaks of it this way. It said darkness would cover the land and gross darkness will cover the people. There is a ground swelling, if you will, of animosity towards uh, Jerusalem again and the Jews, anti-Semitism is increasing again. And I've told you once and I'll tell you before, if the Lord tarries and even after the, the, the rapture of the church, there will be a greater persecution against Israel and the Jews than there was in the days of Adolf Hitler. You watch. It's going to happen. There, the, the, the mountains the, the, the people of the mountains, the nations are all gathering, not in their bodies, but in their intellect, and in their spirit, and in their emotions. And they're all coming against anything that looks like God, anything that resembles God. Persecution in the West is pretty much limited to, currently, I know there are exceptions, but it's limited to uh, exclusion, or you're not a part, or we might joke or mock at you. But the separation is there. And you understand there's about that much difference between delineation and actual physical persecution. There's the separation first. And there's the siding of the two. I'm speaking with men and women who have spent their lives serving the Lord Jesus. And they're looking at the economic days ahead. And they're saying, what are we going to do? I mean... My job that I've spent 25 and 30 years there and I trusted in retirement and it's on crutches and one of the rubber pieces has fell off one crutch and you can just feel it like this. What are we going to do? And this is what Jehoshaphat said. He, this, these are people that believed. He said, uh, we, we don't know what to do. We know who you are. We know who you are. We know who we've believed in. But how are we going to manage the unknown? How are we going to manage the, the swelling, tsunami tides of opposition? How are we going to manage our emotions? How, when our mind runs away with us, what are we going to do when, when pools that have sustained us dry up? When our zerapath dries up and our, the brook dries up and the, the raven stop? What are we going to do? We don't know what to do. One of the first things I want to tell you this morning. I feel I'm supposed to tell you. We have relied too much on our knowing what to do. There is a vulnerability and a deep security in not knowing what to do. You're vulnerable because you ain't got no plan B. There's no, you know, it's. Uh, walking between the buildings on a wire and you look down and you go, I don't think there's a net down there. And God says, there's not. go, mm. There's a vulnerability. But that vulnerability demands, pushes, forces you to go back to your first foundation. Where you were so intertwined with God that you couldn't tell where God started and you stopped. There's a, there's a childlike faith that says, even if I don't know how to get across this wire, and here it is, and even though there's not a net under me, I believe that if I fall on my way down, underneath are the hands of the everlasting God who will sustain me and pick me up. I believe. If there's no food, I believe that he's no different today than he was then. He could drop what is it from heaven and fall on the ground around me. That's what they called it manna. That's meant, what is it? I I don't know. Where did it come from? Heaven? They didn't know it was angel's bread. And I think we're fast approaching the days where we're going to lose all confidence in every system, but have absolute confidence in God. <laughs> absolute confidence in God. And the man will be sent home 35 years with the company. They've spent his retirement. Uh, the company said, Sue us, we're bankrupt. And he's going to go home, and his wife's going to look at him across the breakfast table. And she looks into his wrinkled face, and he looks at her white head, and she says, What are we going to do? He says, baby, look at me. The same God that took care of me and you when we started our family is going to finish the job. He's going to finish the course. And God's going to do it. In, in, In miraculous ways, in little ways, in subtle ways, in dramatic ways, in thunderous ways, in behind the curtain ways. And you realize he's doing it when you don't know how he's doing it. You're just right in the middle of it, and you say, I ain't supposed to still be here. I'm not supposed to. This car should have died a long time ago. (laughs) I had a friend of mine tell me this week, she'd been driving with no oil for weeks and didn't know it. He said, I don't believe it. Well, the Lord wants us to maintain our car, you know, but don't tell me he doesn't extend special grace. I know of a pastor that told me that his uh, wife was very burdened. For their daughter. Oh, Lord, I, I just don't even want to think about mine driving and uh, dating. Some catfish come by. Yeah, I'm here to pick up your daughter. Like, oh, no, we ain't. You know, no. You sit down. You're going to date me for a while. Talk to me about life. Let me see your iPad, your iPod, your music. Let me, never mind. Separate thing. So, She's out with her girlfriend, and they told her where they were going and what they were going to do. And the mama just felt burdened, burdened, burdened for her daughter. It's a true story too. It's something I got off the internet. It's true. And she prayed and prayed and prayed. And her husband says, "What's wrong?" He said, "I'm just something's wrong with my baby girl." Come join me. And he didn't have the burden she did. He prayed with her, but she prayed. And you know how, when it's your babies, you cover everything. Every devil, every friend, every dog, you cover everything. And she said for about 45 minutes, it was on her, and then it lifted. And the husband said, what was that?" I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So when the girl came home, you know, mama's, when the door starts to turn, the knob starts to turn, mama's through the door, you know. And she's just ashen white. And her mama said, what happened to you? She said, what? She goes, what happened to you? Forty-five minutes ago, an hour ago, I was praying for you. What happened to you? What happened to you? She goes, are you kidding me? She said, no, ma'am. She said, I, 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 I was so burdened. Tell me what happened. She goes, Mom and Daddy, sit down. And I'm giving you just the cliff notes. Her and her friend went into uh, this little convenience store just to get, you know, a Coke or a Diet Dew or whatever their brand was. And they come back out, and these men, four or five men, surrounded their car. And they locked the doors, and the men started laughing. And they put their face up against it, and they started rocking their car. And then began to tell them what they were about to do to them. And they went to break out their windows. And she said, I was fumbling for my keys, and I put it in the ignition, and I drove straight here. And the daddy went out and looked at the car, and one of the windows was cracked or shattered. I don't remember. And he went, and, oh, I'm sorry. She said, my car wouldn't start. My car wouldn't start. And they were all laughing pushing and so the daddy went out and looked at the wind and opened the hood and there was no battery they had took the battery out of the car i don't believe it i do the angel of the lord encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them so you're gonna tell me you believe a god that can open up a red sea and bring millions of jews through the sea and can't start a car without a battery we don't have to know where, who, how, when. We don't have to know details. There has to be a God dependence. And what, what, what we're missing is our God dependence is third or fourth instead of first. Sometimes he's last chance instead of first resort. And these days are stripping us from plan A, plan B, plan C, because God in this last hour is going to get all the glory for preservation all the glory for protection all the glory for his works in the world and in the church and he is not going to eradicate evil until he eradicates it so we are a commercial we're a blip on the screen of the movie that's playing out in the world and we're an advertisement That the Lord lives, the Lord rules, the Lord reigns, and our confidence in Him is the evidence that He exists to this world. Not power, and there is power to the believer, but our confidence in Him, our, our unmovable stance and adhesion to Him is the evidence that He exists. In the same way, my driver's license is not me. It is the evidence that I exist. I like it that I've kept my weight the same on my driver's license for the last 20 years. Oh, you know you did it too? 5'11". I'm 5'9 half, but hey, we shrink as we get older. Tell them. They don't believe it. Old middle-aged people tell them, we, we shrink. We, we shrink and it's, it's kind of like a my college picture. I got this V working. Here's this little waist and a V. And I got an H. It just does like this right here. <laughs> Don't make me break out my pictures and show you. I was bad. But there's going to be opportunity for you in the days to come. Individually, in your family, in your extended family, and in this congregation. The times are going to bring us to a place of not knowing what to do. And don't scurry. Don't resist that place. God puts us there to display us to the world. And the world needs to hear not only the believer quote scripture. But the believer say, I don't know. They need to hear me say, I'm not sure. But then they'll say, but you don't look worried. Oh, I'm not. Because if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for me freely, shall he not with him provide everything else that I need? So, picture this. Jehoshaphat gets word. The armies of Moab, the armies of Ammon, and the armies of Mount Seir. Enemies themselves... Joining together in hatred for the people of God. It was a historical event and it's a prophetic thing pointing towards to this last day. They're going to surround us as the church. The Jews as the natural people of God. Us as the spiritual people of God of the same vine. They're going to surround us. And I love the typology in this this passage um, where it says that they called a time of prayer. We've been praying for our local church now for several years. But I don't think this is what the emphasis is for us right now. We're still praying every Sunday at 5 o'clock, 5 to 6. And I want to say it again. If this is your church, these are your prayer meetings. And I invite you to one Sunday night a month. You can do that and come and pray for our church. But there's more to it than that. It said that all the families stood together. So it would be like me and Kelly... And Izzy. And Olivia. And Elisha. And in the congregation. There were sub congregations. You got to see this. The man. Holding his wife. And his babies. Positioned himself. In front of the Lord. They stood before the Lord. When you present. Your family to the Lord. In times of trouble. There is a. Witness of that. Heaven sees it. Heaven records it. Angels see it. And they stood before the Lord, and this is what the men were saying. And it wasn't, please hear me, it's not a matter of equal rights. Listen, the woman is equal to the man, she comes from him. But the man, commanded to love the woman as Christ loved the church, takes a step forward to be the shield. To be the one that catches stress and pressure and these things first. And the woman being his equal takes a step backward. So the gift of the man is protecting and preserving and standing in front and leading. And the gift of the woman is supporting. So it's equalness. But... The greatest need of a woman is to be loved. That's why God said for the man to love the woman as Christ loved the church. And the greatest need of a man is to be followed and trusted and supported. So that's, that's how it works there. So the man takes his family, not the woman. She is the core part of the family, but he's the covering. He, he is the one, the shield. And so here's the one that's to protect and preserve and provide. Men, you know what I'm talking about. They can all go to sleep and you sit up and walk the floor and go, what am I going to do for my babies? How am I going to, What God, show me. And don't raise your hand, but men, let me tell you, I know our fraternity. We'll bargain with God. You can take years off my life. You just protect my wife and my children. You take years off. I tell the Lord all the time, if there's any sickness that comes to my family, give it to me, God i pray before it ever i'll take it all so the man who feels this humbles himself takes his family in before the lord and says i don't know what to do and in that humility he follows it not with desperation but with confidence he said but my eyes are on you that man receives strength that man gets heaven's perspective he's endued with power because God sends a word to him for his local family. He sends one to us corporately, but he'll tell you. He'll he'll whisper things to you like, don't worry about that. I've got that taken care of. I'm about to change things up. You go, what does that mean? I don't know, but he's about to change things up. And one door shuts, and before you can collect unemployment, the next door opens. But It's never about the thing. Remember I tell you that. It's never about the thing. So when that's lost and then something is supplied that you don't see, the confidence level goes up. So the next time the enemy surrounds, you don't scurry. You get your wife and your babies and you walk back and say, hey, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And the word of the Lord came to Jehoshaphat and he said, be not afraid. Stop. Stop. Your fear, in any form, is an accusation against the character of God. Because your fear, my fear, any fear, says, I must be this way because I cannot trust you. Be not afraid. That's the word of the Lord. And God will not take fear Out of your life. Oh Lord take this fear out of my life. ain't gonna do it. I'm gonna reveal my faithfulness to you and if you choose not to rest in my faithfulness then fear is your reward. See I have to worry because God may not show up. God may not follow through. God may not be watching or listening so I have to be afraid. The word of the Lord came to the people in the dark hour of uh, right before annihilation. It says, we don't know what to do. And God said, I'll tell you what to do. Be not afraid. Nor. So that's fear in all its forms. Nor be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. What what, what does that mean? It says, don't count the odds. <laughs> How many type A's in here? I'm, I'm sorry. We, we're like that. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know if I'm changing from a type a to something else or as you get older some of it just dies you know some of it like you used it's just the life force kind of goes out but we calculate all the time does anybody else when you get in the car you are calculating the shortest route and how many things you're going to do and that determines which order you go and do the things you do all the time and kelly will say what are you doing why i said because this is the most fluid way to get to So these people, though, which are very good with structure and systems, can drive themselves crazy when the math don't add up. Well, sit down. We're having a powwow. It could be the woman to the man or the man to the woman. We got to come to the table again. Yes, we have to talk about the finances. And they sit down and they bring all the bills out and the checkbook out and the uh, the computer up and the the graph and the Excel sheet and the other ones sitting there going... You're killing me. You're killing me. Now, they're right, but they're so right, they're dead right. And so, the people are counting up the odds. One army, bigger than us. Two army, bigger than us. Three armies, bigger than us. We're surrounded. They have weaponry. We have sheep. Uh... They've got swords and spears. We have staffs. Uh, This is not good. And God sends another word. So the first word for you is be not afraid. The second one is stop being dismayed about your calculations. By reason of this great multitude. And here's why. Because this battle is not your battle. This battle for your family is not your battle. You're fighting in it, but it's not your battle. And I can prove it to you because you don't own your children. He died for them. He purchased them. There he is. This battle is not your battle for the end-day revival or the end-day bringing in of converts or the sustaining of the church. This is his plan before the foundation of the earth was laid. Christ will be magnified. I fight in the battle, but the results of the battle are not on me. It's his battle. It's his battle to rule. It's his battle to preserve Jerusalem. It's his battle to come back and receive the church unto himself. It is his battle to come back with the church and dissimulate and obliterate all the enemies of the Lord. It's his battle. It's the Lord's. It's not ours. For this battle is not your battle, but the Lord's. And then look what he tells them to do. Of all the times, you'd think that you bring out the King Davids. David was bad. David, oh, people think of him with a harp on the side of the hill. Yeah, but David, before David even killed his tens of thousands, they were saying David had killed tens of thousands. That God's hand was on David's life and he would go through a troop worshiping with both you know like you see on the movies where they kill people backwards and this way he just and the Lord said for this battle I want you to get the people the worshipers Jehoshaphat you pick he appointed and in some churches that wouldn't go over pastor didn't even pick me I've been here 27 years and I baked pies and he, he ate my pie and didn't thank me. You know, whole another sermon. See, those little things are in there. He appointed. So did he appoint primarily the best voices? Now, Ben, I'm very grateful that you use good voices. Don't, don't stop doing that. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can fry chicken. Not everybody can sing. Don't. But he, in this situation, do you think he was going for harmony? I'm asking you. They're about to be slaughtered. The Lord said, appoint singers and have them go before the army. And I want them to say one thing over and over. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So who do you think he appointed? Scripture doesn't tell us. I'm asking you. I think he picked the people that believed it. it said, come here, come here, come here. So watch. This is so good. I'm about to get my own CD today. Right. So they go in front of the army. And they're not waiting on them to attack. They're going in front. So here's these troops spread out over all these acres and acres of land and terrain and wilderness. And here come a bunch of people singing. They are singing and walking to their death. You see it now? And all they're singing is... Blessed be the Lord. Praise the Lord for his mercy and dearth forever. You know, what, you know what's really going on? The Lord told them what to sing. But what's going on in their heart? If you don't save me. There's no saving me. But I trust you so much. I'll walk right in the middle of it. And they're singing while they go. That type of warrior. Is more bold than any man with a sword and a steed. And the Lord decreed. That's what you got to see. It doesn't say he said it. Did he think it? Did he? Well, I don't know. But he made them see each other as the enemy, and all of a sudden they started fighting. So, <laughs> my mind—don't don't say nothing. My mind sometimes has this um, high definition possibility lens that goes over. So I'm seeing these people walk in, praise the lord for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, they're killing each other. Praise the lord. And there's all this fighting going on. And it's mm, don't hit me with that, you know, they Would you or would you just um So I'm like, whoa that was a close one, Lord." Mm. <laughs> it's got to be these were real people. They were us. And as they sung and they saw the armies, I believe common sense would tell me I would tip out of the action. So they probably just backed up and began to sing and they watched. And they watched the destruction. How long does it take for three armies by hand to decimate each other? A long time. So after a while, some of the middle aged people, they're still singing, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endure forever. (laughs) Praise. Oh, praise the Lord. That was a good. (laughs) I mean, do you think they just stood there like stoic and little children are watching going, what's going on? The Lord's defending us, buddy. Come here. There's still men watching if the action got too close. And then all of them died. Here's the prophetic part as well as historical part. The Lord told him, he said, now, it's all yours. All the clothes, the seamless robes, the food, the camels, the the flocks, the sheep, the cattle. Because, see, they travel with their own food because they have to kill it. And the horses and the, 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 the trailers that they had that they would pull stuff on and all of the tools... And weaponry and, and, and jewelry is yours. Here's the thing you have to know about this last day. All the spoils of this world go to the bride for all the sufferings. It said, and they were three days taking the clothes off of these. Oh, I couldn't take it off dead people. These people were trying to kill them, and it was the reward of the Lord. So here's this person in rags getting a seamless robe and put it on. Can you see some grandmama? Now, here, just forgive me, here's my mind again. So here, Granny, she got her stick, ornery, kind of. You know that Granny that's kind of sassy? <laughs> Y'all know old people don't. Old people will tell you the truth, they don't care. They'll just say what's on their mind. Don't ever ask them a question that you don't want answered. Like, Granny, does my butt look big in this to you? Yes, it does. I told you last time that dress makes you look like... Anyway. So can you imagine this Granny walking through there? and said, oh, hold this, baby, hold this. Getting down here and taking off this ring off this woman. "Mm, You ain't going to be needing that where you going. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Look at him. (laughs) And I'm not doing light to the Scriptures. Three days. Not a, not, not, not a uh, new work schedule day where you work four hours and the 18-year-old comes out of Wendy's going, Oh, I kill me today. No, days. <laughs> days, 8 to 8, dark to dark 30. Three days. Say, so we need to leave. Say, so no, we have to pick up because where we're going, see, it's not about luxury. And you'll hear these prosperity preachers tell you this, and it's a lie. It's not so we can accumulate It's because everything you get from the battle is a testimony to God's glory and goodness. Everything, everything, everything. So after the three days, listen to what it said. It said they came back, they titled the place because it has meaning to them. And when the Lord brings you through impossible situations, they're landmarks to you. You got them, I got them. Where you walk through that place and you go back to it. It's like going to a headstone of a loved one. And the other people care because it hurts you. But they don't know what all that represents. They don't know about that life lost. And when you go back to the places where God has done things for you. And he restored you. See. This may be silly to you. But that drape over there. Has a special thing in my heart. The memory. The memory. Of that side. Is where I would hide. Sometimes. During the dark years. Because I didn't want you to see my hand shaking. Because I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And when the Lord has brought me. Through. Out of. Healed. Resurrected. Restored. The jewelry isn't bling. I want you to know that every time you see me with any token of goodness it is to tell you of the resplendent glory of the lord jesus christ and this place here this platform here has wonderful memories for me wonderful memories for me so they named the place and it says look what's the last verse of that chapter say or where i stopped reading oh i don't have my readers lord is there one that says oh verse 30 So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for God gave him rest on every side. You can't have rest on every side without having the battle. You can't have the battle without being surrounded. You can't be surrounded without being separated. This is where we're at. We're separating ourselves under God. And all of this is coming. Now hear me, i got to give you the other side. And there are battles where you lose. You lose possessions. You lose relationships. You lose opportunity. And you lose your life. But scripture is crystal clear. It said, no man in this world, having given up lands, uh, family, opportunity, suffered the loss of children, shall not reap a hundredfold in this life And in the one to come, eternal life, recognition for those things. So for the believer, we're good either way. And those that have given their life and lost their life in battles that the Lord was going to fight, they are eternally rewarded and set apart. And they wear martyr's crowns that cannot be bought anywhere else. So the issue is not just coming out smelling like a rose in this world. It's this. You're going to come out smelling like a rose either way. So the fear is gone. So here's what's ahead of us. Opposition. Surrounding. Family prayer. Words from the Lord. Prayers in the midst of impending destruction. Miraculous preservation. Miraculous preservation, reward, and peace. And when the Lord comes, and you know, people are hung up on the Battle of Armageddon and all the other things. Yeah, but He begins the thousand year reign of peace. Ben, if you'd come up, please. Peace on every side. Don't be afraid in this season. I know that a lot of my emphasis on the last days, it's caused some of us to be troubled. And I'm trying to talk to you as a friend, not as somebody above you. Or, We get troubled because we make it our life's mission to hold and preserve everything that God's given to us. That's where the frustration comes in. See, I can't lose my wife. I can't lose my kids. I can't lose my house. I can't lose my retirement. And that's the frustration. Instead of living this way and say, okay, God. You gave me all of it, so I'm going to live open-handed. And in that faith, we know that anything that's taken was allowed by God, but the pressure's off. It's a life of trust. So this morning, I trust I wasn't all over the map, but I want to tell you, fear not, man. Neither be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. And he's got a great track record. He has ways. He had never defeated an army that way. The deliverance that's going to come for your family and your relatives and your children, you may have never seen before. This beats all you've ever seen. I'd never heard anyone's story like mine and Kelly's till it happened. I never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. But God's got this. Make sure, the Old Testament type, make sure that your wife and your babies, one lamb for each house, as for us, Jesus, that lamb died and the blood's on the doorpost and you pulled that door and you said, ain't no other doctrines getting in and ain't none of us leaving. Your daddy said so and you stay in that house. And when God sees the blood, he passes over us. So whether it's the wrath of men or the wrath of God, those that are God's make it. We make it.
1: Let me close with this.
2: And I hate using temporal illustrations like this, but for some of us visual people, we we get it. Because all of that is very precious doctrinal truth. But have any of you ever been to a college or a pro football game and you were you were one of the few with the wrong jersey on no I mean I don't mean where one jersey's bright red and one's light red I mean like if you're you know in Alabama uh, that's the dark red and then you come from Penn State it's obvious that you got the white shirt on with the blue you know what I'm saying How did you feel when there's you see somebody six-sectioned over with a shirt like yours? You go, (laughs) and every time you score, you go, yeah, hmm. And they're cussing, right? Anybody have this experience? Throwing beer on you? Wasn't even cold. Throw hot beer on you. Throwing it on you, throwing peanuts at you. Now, I want you to catch this. What if back to the future... You could go back to a game where you knew how it ended. So yesterday, did anybody watch the dogs? What was the score? Oh, look, they already know. What was it? 50? 52-20. Okay. So now, just today, just bear with me. Bear with me. I want you to please go along. I want you to do this in your mind. We're going back between the hedges right now. Okay? Okay. But we were home team then, so it's not really a good analogy, but it'll work. So we go back there, and let's say the crowd was different. Let's just change one thing. We're in South Carolina, and we're the only bright red jerseys. There's 10 or 12 sprinkled around, and it's all white everywhere. But you know the score. You know how it's going to end. And in the front, they're all screaming at you, and they break in front of you in line to get... You know something to eat, and they're spitting at you and mocking, and you're like this, you go, "Just wait!" <laughs> this ain't what you think. And now we're down, it looks like, by four touchdowns. That's what it looks like. There's only about five or six minutes to go. But the Lord told us, told us, in the end, I'm the king of kings." I'm the Lord of lords and I will rule and reign and I will with the word of my mouth destroy all the enemies. Why does the heathen rage and think they matter to me? And nations coming against God and blaspheming my name and my word. I'm going to start over. And when I do, a thousand years of absolute peace and a child will grow up to be a hundred years old child it's coming don't be afraid or dismayed the battle is not your battle but the battle is the Lord would you do something with me those of you that would like if you're with family just where you are just stand with them and kind of interlock arms and um, just stand with them before the Lord if it's just husband and wife Just stand with him and say, Lord, we present ourselves before you. Kelly, would you come, Grandma? Okay, guys, we're going to make this a reverent time, okay? Once everyone gets to their family. And in your mind's eye, I want you to picture this world surrounding us. And us telling the Lord. Lord. Lord, we don't know what all to do in this last hour, but our eyes are on you. I know you're going to protect me and Kelly and Elisha and Izzy and Olive and Grandma. You're going to preserve our going in and our going out. We trust you. We hope in you. We thank you for our retirement, but we're not dependent on retirement, oh God. Our eyes are upon you, the preserver of our life. We trust you with the most precious, irreplaceable things in our life. No fear, God no fear, no dismay by reason of this great multitude we know that this is your battle and you will fight for us and you will keep us so let the news reporters report what they see, we know how it ends, period oh Lord, we trust you we love you and we thank you for the rest that's ours through Jesus Christ our Lord and we thank you Lord We thank you for your exceeding great and precious promises that are yes and amen. In the mighty name of Jesus and God's people said, amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning? And you may be seated. You may be seated. Our pastor friends always tell us that if you ever change the order of service, people don't give. And I don't believe that. So I'm going to give you a chance uh, to worship the Lord in your giving this morning. And if you leave before offering, we're going to put the cameras on you. That's all I say. Guys, big, high-def cameras, just put it on them. And the uh, ushers are going to wait upon you for your gifts to the Lord, and we're going to pray over them. And then we're going to run our announcements, and we are going to beat every church to lunch in the city. That's what it looks like. Guys, in just a moment after we pray, if you'd run the announcements for us, and then we'll be dismissed, and have a great Lord's day together. Church family, would you join with me as we lift these, our gifts to the Lord? Lord, as I stand before you this morning, uh, this is part of what I experienced during the week. I see how tough our economic times are and the struggle that many of us who own businesses are experiencing and all of our incomes, many of ours are down and you've just always provided for us. And I just want to thank you for that, Lord, that in the good times and in the lean times, you're just as faithful in both. And I just thank you in advance that you know the plans you have for this church and this building and whatever your will is, that's all we want. And we ask you to use these monies To encourage believers and change lives, to win the lost, disciple the found, mend the broken, and send the whole. And we honor you today with our worship, the receptivity of your word, and in our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in my best Kelly Wood imitation, would you now bring your attention to the screens for announcements?
1: Good
2: morning, church family. Coming up on Friday, September 25th, if you're a member of The Ridge, which is all my young singles, young marrieds, young parents, we're going to be having a backyard concert at Drew and Kim's house. It's going to start at 630. We're going to cook out, hang out in the backyard, enjoy the awesome music from Garrett Lee. So I hope to see you there Friday, September 25th at 630.
0: We want to let you know just a couple of things. If you are interested in being baptized, Sunday, September 27th is our Baptism Sunday. Also, if you've ever been interested in being a part and connected with our church body and volunteering, we are asking for volunteers for 365 ministry, our nursery ministry, and also our hospitality team. You can sign up for those and indicate those on the Connect guide at the bottom on our Connect card. For anyone finding themselves new at our church, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you're just looking for a way to get connected, coming up on Sunday, October 11th, we have our Connection Point Breakfast just for you. It's right before church just a great way to come and, and meet a couple of people, ask some questions, and more importantly, get started on your journey to getting involved and connected in our church. I would love to see you there again Sunday, October 11th. And for any and all information, don't forget to check us out at ChristChapelMaking.com or Facebook or Instagram at
2: ChristChapelMacon. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.